This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman, the nightmare after Christmas. Are we going to be telling the story of Nolan Arenado going to the Rangers? Julie, I will be absolutely shocked if that happens. Computers calling balls and strikes in Major League Baseball. It sets the table for this to be somewhat potentially around the corner. I hate it. Drew Locke, reaction and overreaction. I do like what I see, but I feel like people are going a little too far. And Peter McNabb throws down. Our Peter McNabb? This is the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. Well, happy holidays to all of our listeners and happy to those couple listeners uh-huh. out there. No, happy holiday. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. We're taping mm-hmm. this on the eve of Christmas Eve. Yeah. I got to get right into this. Have you done all your holiday shopping for all the occasions? I I was at I I always gravitate. I love bookstores, so I always gravitate to Barnes and Noble. Okay, you guys can be a sponsor, by the way. Um, <laughs> and I love books. Okay, and I like games. So, you know, that's that's where I go. Uh, Chris does the vast 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 majority she does a little shopping right for you my boys are also at the age of you know what if you the more money you can give them you know they're they're young adults then right the better off they're two in college and one is late in high school so you know i think i think money is most important at that age right so i read a survey that like 79 percent of americans wait until right before to do their holiday shopping which i can't Imagine that, because we know the 25th is coming every year, or we know Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, is in December. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it about the human condition that you need to freak yourselves out and go to Cherry Creek or Park Meadows Mall and fight with people for a parking spot? Because I know you have. I know you've gotten a fight I about did, it. I didn't get in a fight, but I did. It was, it was interesting getting a parking space today at the Barnes & Noble I went to, which wasn't far from Park Meadows Mall. Uh-huh. But I navigated it nicely. And then the line is intimidating, but it goes pretty quickly. So kudos again to those people at Barnes & Noble. You can be a sponsor. You can be a sponsor. <laughs> I was going to get that in there. Do you um, – now, I think if you just do it online, and I did do a little bit online mm-hmm. through Amazon. They can oh. be a sponsor also. Um, <laughs> anybody. Anybody can be a sponsor. I, I think that takes away from the holiday spirit, don't I you? I could, if it all just arrives at your door one day and then you wrap them up and boom, you show up. I think I would go out and mix with the people, right? <laughs> I totally agree. Wait for a parking spot. <laughs> Wait on those lines. Mingle with people. Say happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Do right? Mean, do, be honest. Are you the type of guy that like there's a spot and you like you cut somebody off? Or are you patient and nice and wave and okay. say no? I Drew. in a parking lot, I will not be rude. Okay, I will be gracious okay. unless somebody is a turd. <laughs> I do have my, you know, I'm from New York, yeah. So I find in many sections of the country mm-hmm. when people have to exit, people are going to hate this about me. I already love it. You know when people line up like three quarters of a mile back it, to get off, if that's the thing, and they're just right in line? Mm-hmm. There are occasions, probably mm-hmm. more than half, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not doing I'm going to f- fly up, and as soon as there's a space, I'm going to cut off, and you, you cut off a nice car because they're not, <laughs> they don't want to get their car damaged. So, right. Right. 
Okay. That's terrible, isn't that's, it? But that's the New York in me. That's okay. If that's the worst that's thing you've ever with. done. Right. Um, all right. Well, speaking of holiday wishes and holiday presents, let's hope that we get our wish and Nolan Arenado stays at Colorado Rockies. Well, hold on that... one sec. Before we get into Nolan Arenado, what's okay. the greatest gift you ever got? It was probably like some Star Trek thing when I was growing up. You you were a Trekkie? Uh, yeah, it was a thing where you put in, like you put in William Shatner and who was Captain Kirk and you put him in there and you spun it. It was the Enterprise. Yeah. And you spun it. Or I got a Cher doll and she could do the splits, not just sideways. She could do the front splits. Sexy little doll there, huh? Well, I didn't think so. I was in fourth grade, oh, but okay. you did. <laughs> What's uh, your I favorite? Like Cher. Gypsies, tramps, and thieves, all the people. I, don't know. <laughs> I love that song though. What's your favorite holiday gift? I was thinking about this today. Mm-hmm. So this is not off the cuff. I remember for some reason vividly when I was about five years old, we were in a store, my mom and I, uh-huh. and there was this, and it had to be early because this is now late 60s, one of those remote control cars. And I remember it was a big red car. And to me, it was like really big. I'm sure it wasn't as big as I, you know, imagine it now. Um, and there was a, a figure kind of that sat in the car and it had a little cord on it and you could drive it. So it could go down the hall, you know, like probably 10 feet yeah. and, and drive it back. And I wanted that thing so badly. And my mom could tell that my eyes lit up and I was little and we didn't have a lot of money. And I remember my mom bought it and explained to my dad that he just, he really wanted it. And I remember how cool that was. And, and I guess. Part of it is sentimentally because, as you know, I lost my mom growing up mm-hmm. when I was 14. So I always remember that. And like two years later, we moved and, you know, it's kind of a lower middle class neighborhood. And there was a kid in the neighborhood um, who was like saw the car and and wanted it. And my mom, even though that was like a really special gift and she had to, you know, reach a little deeper than, you know, right, to buy it. it she in this uh, to me this says a lot about her she said you know what we're going to give this to this little boy Robbie Yonks don't ask me how i remember that kid's name never saw him again uh-huh. and uh and we gave it to him Aww. you know like cuz i was 7 now so maybe i had the car for a year or two right. but i remember That's that a gift. sweet story yeah yeah it was and and, and again sentimental cuz it's it's a memory of my mom yeah that is so much better than my share at all um, yeah, blew you away. That story. <laughs> That's a really nice story. Yeah. Are mm-hmm. we going to be telling the story of Nolan Arenado going to the Rangers? I feel like I'm reading that more and more and more, and it's more credible sources. Ken Rosenthal from The Athletic has been talking about it. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's not going away. Julia, I will be absolutely shocked if that happens. Absolutely shocked. Because... It's just not the Rockies' way. Jeff Breidich keeps everything close to the vest. Mm -hmm. It is his job. I'll answer it this way. It is his job, just like any general manager's job, when the phone rings to answer. What if somebody said, okay, we're going to give you Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon and our number one pitching prospect, if it's the Angels, for Nolan Arenado? Are you going to just hang up the phone? No. No. You're going to go, whoa, 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 hold on a second. This is pretty intriguing. It's his job to make, just like, again, any general manager in any sport, their job is to try to put the best team on the field or the court or the ice that year and also going forward in ensuing years. Okay. 
Let me add. The, let, let me just add something. Okay. Let me read some comments from Nolan late last year. How do I evaluate this team? Well, we're behind. We're going to lose 90-plus games. They ended up losing 91. That wasn't the plan when I signed. That wasn't the goal. Okay. And and you when you stick a mic in an athlete's face after a, a game, and maybe it's after three or six or eight losses in a row or nine out of ten, and the Rockies had a tough stretch. Overall, they had a bad year. The two previous years, they were in the postseason. Right. Look around baseball. How many teams have been in the postseason two out of the last three years? Not many. So on one hand, you say, okay, he said these things. But if you're held to every comment you made, of course he wants to win. Mm -hmm. Short of the Yankees or maybe the Dodgers, how many teams are guaranteed to be in the postseason every year? See the Boston Red Sox. Last time I checked... They have as big a payroll as anybody in baseball. They okay. won a world championship a couple years ago. Yeah. They were in the postseason last Could year. Could you stop yelling at me? I'm not yelling. I'm just, <laughs> I, I would just be shocked. Okay. I, I really would be. And if it and if it happens and you and I are sitting here doing a, a podcast, I'd yeah. be like, holy cow, I didn't see it coming. Because literally two days after the season ended, Jeff Breidich and I think Dick Montford also said, does this look like a rebuild? We right. just gave him $260 million. And I think that they feel like this was a bad year, but they're closer to the team that won 90 plus the two previous years. I actually agree with you. I would be shocked. I'm just noticing that this particular one is not is not going away. It's, seen, it's not, I wouldn't say gaining steam. I would just say it's getting to be more sources are reporting it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's worth at least having a conversation about it. Right? Well, I, I, abs I agree with you, and it, and it is out there. It just hasn't been the Rockies' way typically. Dick Monfort is as loyal an owner as there is in sports. Yeah. And you know that, Julie. You've been around this team for a long time. You think back, short of maybe Matt Holiday, and then Tulowitzki got did get sideways, and, and, his, and he was getting broken down, unfortunately, for Troy. Those are the only two big guys. Ubaldo got sideways with the contract, but typically – the guys that are raised a Rocky and become a star, Dick Monfort does everything to keep them. And Agreed. He, right? Agreed. I think I think if Nolan goes anywhere, it's gonna be Nolan if it's gonna be a Nolan choosing. Right. Now that's a different deal. Julie, I agree with you. Now if Nolan privately, and again, we, we can talk about all these anonymous sources because that's all it ever is. Mm -hmm. If Nolan goes to the Rock and say, you know what, I'm done here. I don't like the direction of this team. I want out. Well, guess what? Well, then I then I think that changes everything yeah. because you're like, do you want a guy who's unhappy? No. You but had that in Tulo for a little bit, right? You did. And that's why he ended up, it was really the first major move that Jeff Breidich made yeah. was, was trading him. You don't need him. that. Right. You don't it's, need that for him. To me, Julie, it's scary when you trade, because you're going to trade him for prospects, right? Mm -hmm. When you trade a big name. Who, who you already know what you have. He's established himself as a superstar, mm -hmm. future Hall of Famer in your uniform. Getting back, I don't care if you go, oh, this guy's a can't-miss guy and that guy's a can't-miss guy. Guess what? Until they do it, they're all can't-miss guys. Yeah, you're right. That Especially some, a guy like Nolan. So I know you saw this story. Uh, most baseball fans did. that The umpires agree to MLB's test plans for automated strike zone. I like those new glasses you're wearing. I got these in California, in and they're a little Barbara. funky. Were you sober when you bought those? Yeah. They're, I, I, I think- Are they not? No, I think they're very attractive on you. Okay, well, they're readers. Well, and I as do. you get older, you yeah. just- But I want to Are you to getting hit of... on more with those when you were in Santa Barbara? Did you notice? No, you but do I should maybe go out studies? with these. Um, yeah. 
Okay, so... I'm sorry, I digress. That's okay. Um, announced over the weekend, umpires agreed to cooperate with MLB Baseball in the development testing of an automated baseball... Ba- I can't read. That's because I've been drinking beer. Well, that's because those readers... I know, I've got my you. readers on. Anyway, it, it's a ball strike system as part of a five-year labor contract that was announced over the weekend anonymously. Two people told the Associated Press. So basically, um, the Independent at Atlantic League became the first American professional league to let a computer call balls and strikes at its all-star game. So ba- the plate umpire wore an earpiece connected to an iPhone in his pocket and relayed the call, getting it from the computer system. Yeah. So they, so that may be happening in the next few years. They agreed to it. It is basically what you're saying, which means that it, it sets the table for this to be somewhat potentially around the corner. I hate it right now. I reserve the right to one day have a contrary opinion, by the way. But okay. I hate it right now, and here's why. Why? The game is played by human beings, right? Yeah. We know so often it's said in baseball it's a game of failure. The the if you if you fail seven out of ten times, which means you're successful offensively three out of ten times, if you do that for a long enough period of time, you're you're potentially a Hall of Famer. You hit three hundred, right? Yeah. Why do we put a different value system on the umpires they get 99 percent of the calls right and now we correct them everywhere else here's here's the biggest issue i have with it julie that's not true though there's some stats that said there was about 1300 video reviews during last season and mlb said almost 600 calls or 44 percent were overturned right of the ones that are but that doesn't that doesn't count all the ones that you don't even contest because you you figure it's right. They get 98, 98, excuse me, 98, 99% of the calls right. Now, just specific to what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. balls and strikes, Julie, the art of catching is such a sacred and important and invaluable part of this game. Guys that can steal strikes, guys that frame pitches well, there's an art to it. It's why Tony Walters, quite frankly, is a big leaguer because offensively, and he did much better last year, um, but but Tony's not a great offensive player. Hopefully he keeps getting better. He's in the big leagues and starts in the big leagues because he's elite defensively with his pitch framing, with his ability to work with the pitcher, with with his ability to, you know, steal balls and strikes and obviously how you know quick he is throwing guys out. Um that at least a large measure that will be lost if you just catch the ball and and some computer goes, Yep, that's a strike. Why would you not want to get it right? To me, and and I listen, people who are listening to this right now go, we've heard you bitch plenty of times on the air. He missed that one. He missed. And I will do that again in 2020. Mm -hmm. Right. I understand that. But I fall back on. It's hard to hit. It's hard to field. It's hard to do anything perfectly. Let's let's leave a little bit of imperfection in the game. It's part of what the intrigue of baseball is, and you have to adjust. Guy has a bigger strike zone east and west. You have to adjust adjust offensively. If you have an elite catcher who can steal low strikes and lift a sinker, or I, I just especially I have, my middle son is a catcher, and he's a really good mm-hmm. catch and throw guy in mm-hmm. college, and and I would hate to see that. Again, I come back to the art of receiving. See, I feel like you're you're obviously a purist and you look at the game very differently, I think, than the average fan does. I think the average fan just wants to get it right, doesn't look at the tradition of it or the art of it. They just want to you just want to get it right. And I'm probably more on 
that side. I mean, you talk about it like romanticizing, you know, what's going on out there. Do you really think that if a guy, a home plate umpire has an earpiece in his ear, is it, and that happens, it's going to change the game you love so much? Yeah, I, I just think there's going to be, there, there still will be some controversy with it. And, and I'm a little over all these reviews, Julie. You and I have have talked several times uh, during this football season about the number of flags, the number of reviews, how slow the game has become. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, the home plate umpire is going to walk over. He's going to have to put a headset on and talk to New York because there was some malfunction mm-hmm. or, or, or now in the middle of the game. Um, he's he has to call balls and strikes because the track man's not working properly. Mm-hmm. I'm not for it. I think we're a while away from it. I think it's going to be a bit even before it gets to AAA, and then I think it's going to have to be a while to get all the kinks worked out, right? It's not just going to be, oh, let's try it for a season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would hope. I think it's the train. I think the, the train's moving. If the train is moving because if they eventually talk about going to AAA, next thing you see it is in spring training, right? and boom, there it is. I... I, I just don't want to see it. Did you enjoy seeing Drew Locke the other day against the Lions? I know the Lions are on a very good team, but um, and he was had some pedestrian numbers. But I got to tell you, and you know what? There are so many people going gaga over Drew Locke. People, his receivers like Cortland Sutton's, like he's he has what it takes to be one of the greatest ever in the game. Rich Gangarello said he's got the it factor. He's you know gonna be a great quarterback just I feel like I do like what I see but I feel like people are going a little too far here's what I surmise so far there's an energy to him Mm -hmm. there is an infectiousness to his personality and how he goes about his business on the field and you have to have success. There has to be a combination of that. You can't just be the rah-rah guy and the and the slap guys on the back of the helmet guy. There has to be some substance to it. And so far, there has been. I like that I think he has really good touch. Mm-hmm. I think he's very accurate. I think that he has ability to move the launch point because of his athleticism. Mm-hmm. He has the ability to prolong a play, which makes it very difficult in the secondary, the back end, to cover. And that's what we're seeing more of with the guys now who are becoming uh, upper echelon or near elite, the Russell Wilsons, the Lamar Jacksons, the you know Dak Prescotts, um, that ilk of quarterback. It's not just sitting in the, in, in the middle of the pocket like – you know, Eli Manning, and I love right. Eli, but you know where he is. So there are a lot of elements to what we've seen over the last three weeks with Drew Locke uh, to like in terms of his ability. And you can tell, Julie, you've been in sports for a long time. You want to truly know what a guy's all about. Forget the beat writers, forget the broadcasters, forget even the front office. Go to the players. They love him. Go to the players, more so than the coaches. Mm-hmm. Players know. Players know right away. I'll tell you an old story. This goes way back, maybe almost before you were born. <laughs> do you remember Clarence K? I do, number 88. Clarence K, terrific tight end for the Broncos. Yes. Do you remember one year out of Syracuse, they drafted a nose tackle. Oh, man, people are right now at home going, I why am I doing a blank on his name? They drafted a nose tackle who had a really good college career at Syracuse. He was kind of an undersized nose tackle. <laughs> and they drafted him in the first round, which to me, you never draft nose tackle in the first round, but that's 
another story for another day. And he had a bad knee coming out of college. Broncos still drafted him number one. I I happen to be, you know, have a decent relationship with Clarence K. And I was walking off the field in Greeley with him after the first contact practice. Okay. And I said, what do you got on the number one kid? And he goes, can't fucking play dead. <laughs> that was what he said. And I'm like, Ted Gregory. That was the guy's name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember Ted Gregory? I do. I said, after one practice, he goes, can't play. And you know what? He's a player, Clarence yeah. K, and he was right. The Broncos, if you remember, traded him before camp I was over. Ted Gregory, yep. for for that beat for to the Saints for a guy from BYU who was a bust the previous year, who was a number one pick, and they just swapped mm-hmm. bust. Mm-hmm. Players know. Players know. So in the case of Drew Locke, when you listen to some of the guys talk about him, mm-hmm. Von Miller, remember last week you ran out what he said. You know, Cortland Sutton, some of these guys. I know Scandarello's not a player, but there's something there. What do you think the it factor is? I, I think it it's a, a moxie. It's a how somebody carries himself. It's the moment never is too big. Mm-hmm. It's an embracing when the team's down 10 nothing early at home. Mm-hmm. Not all panicking. Of, right. All of those things, and, and especially real early in his career, not backing away, having fun with it, kind of smiling into the teeth of the, the lion, right? Yeah. That, to me, is emblematic of a guy who has the it factor. And it also is shame on all of us who were ready to say, oh, the Broncos selected another bum you know, at quarterback. He can't play. And now all of a sudden people are doing a, a 180 or well, a that I thought was kind of the Broncos fault on that. Why they gave us reason to pause is because they weren't running him out there. And maybe it's because they really just, maybe it was just the truth. They really wanted to prepare him. So this is one of the things that I know when I say this, don't, don't think I'm a whack job or well, whatever you think. think. That, I know so. you already think that. The, the, the thing I love about Drew Locke is when he runs out of the pocket and it's like he's running to the right side. And then he throws across his body to the other side of the field. Mm-hmm. Do you know who did that all the time? John Elway. I know. And when I thought that and I saw it, and I'm not, I am not comparing them. I am not comparing them. But when I, I've seen him do that a couple times, I do think about that. It, it's, it's taboo to do that. I know. However. I'm a jerk. I just know, did it. No, but, but Julie, you asked a moment ago, you said, what is it that makes somebody have the it factor? Mm-hmm. Well- the confidence to go, I know I'm not supposed to do this. Right. I know the textbook says, do not throw across <laughs> right. your body in the middle of the field. And he will get burned at some point, as John Elway did. Mm-hmm. But the confidence in himself to go, I can get this done, that's part of the it factor. I think the Broncos have found their guy. I For the, think for the, the greatest, short term. Well, what's short term? I would say for the next uh, few years. Like I'm not saying this is going to be the next franchise quarterback. I'm not. Oh, really? I think he can be. I'll I'll go right now and say he can be the franchise quarterback. For like your next 10 years? Absolutely. Okay. You know, barring injury, I would love it. Bar, barring yeah. the unforeseen. So this I is do. the guy. I think this is the guy. I think absolutely this is the guy. He made a great throw and um, who dropped the football? It was Booker. Um, yeah. He, he made a great touch throw. First drive of the game, Julie. Should have been about a 20-something yard gain. I think it was a third down throw. And, and Booker, listen, it's he, it's a tough game, right? We all make mistakes. He should have caught that football. But that, he had to drop it in 
over the linebacker in front of the the the, the safety level, and um, it was a beautiful pass. So he he's able to read, he's yeah. able to make different throws, and we talked about his ability to move the pocket and also go and, and get positive yards when he scrambles because he's a very good athlete. We're going to take a quickie timeout. When we come back, Kristen just raised her eyebrows. Kristen, our marketing person. Kristen, our marketing person, which we love. When we come back, there's something in the NBA that just happened, um, which is reminiscent of something that happened December 23rd, 1979. Today's December 23rd. We're going to talk about it. We're going to let you listen to it. It involves somebody, a, a broadcaster here we all love. That's a tease, my friend. That's a great tease. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask for the second time in this program, were you born then? I was born. And after that beautiful segue, it takes us to our friends at Ideal Home Loans. It's the holiday season. Go out and buy yourself a house. How about that? <laughs> and then when you do, unless you pay cash, you probably need a home loan. And I have just the folks to call. Brent Ivinson's group, Ideal Home Loans, 303-867-7000. Once again, 303-867-7000. Brent's the owner of Ideal Home Loans. They've been in business since 2001. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They're a local direct mortgage banker, and they're marvelous. They, they make things easy. I just did a loan with them, and uh, Shannon was the person who handled things, and she was marvelous. I've bragged on Shannon before and, and Brent as well. So listen, if you're in the market for either a new home or if you're refinancing, rates continue to be just outstanding, or, or you're looking to consolidate debt, look no further than Ideal Home Loans. Give them a call at 303-867-7000. Do as I've done. 303-867-7000. It's Ideal Home Loans. Okay, so it's kind of fun sometimes to go back to this day in history, in sports, and we're taping on December 23rd. Do you remember... December 23rd, 1979, when the Bruins were playing the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. And that's a good rivalry. That's a great rivalry. It's a great rivalry. It's a hated rivalry, which oh are the great goodness. rivalries. Like, hate makes great rivalries. Hate makes great It's like they, they were, you know, people obviously will always remember the Avalanche and Red Wings, which was one that of was the hate. great, great. Yeah, it wasn't just, <laughs> hey, we respect. It was hate. And the, uh, having grown up in New York, the Rangers and Islanders and the Rangers and Bruins hated each other. I once watched the Rangers and Islanders. This is an aside, Julie. Uh-huh. I watched the Rangers and Islanders between periods. I think they fought longer than the period lasted. <laughs> I mean, when they finally got them off the ice, all that was left on the ice was everybody's gloves, helmets. There was more equipment on the ice than you'd find it uh, played against Sam. So in this game, all kinds, all kinds of fights. Um, so the Rangers come from behind. They win four to three. We're going to play you some audio of the end of that game and what happened. Well, we've got a little thing going on here between Beaton and Secord. The fans are now getting involved as O'Reilly is out into the stands. And this is going to be something. O'Reilly's into the stands fighting with a Ranger fan. And all the Bruins are going over. Gilbert is in there. Peter McNabb. They're all into the stands. McNabb's going up to grab somebody. About seven or eight rows up. Just a wild scene at Madison Square Garden. You heard a player named McNabb. <laughs> Who? McNabb. Our, over at Peter, Peter McNabb. McNabb. If you didn't know, and most sports fans know, Peter McNabb played for the Bruins. He was one of those that went to the went into the stands. There is video of this if you want to Google it and started fighting a fan. 
Yeah, and Peter was more mild-mannered. You know who else was involved in that fight? Hmm. I think he was wielding the shoe. He took the guy's shoe off and was banging him over the head with it. Mike Milbury. Yes. Right? Yes. He took a, he took the shoe off the instigator and hit him with it. Yeah. The instigator in the in the stands. I have no problem with that. And here's why. <laughs> First of all, I love Max. We're going to get Peter on here coming up. Love He's, Peter. Oh, my God. His stories? Peter's Unbelievable. stories are great. His passion for hockey is without peer. We are so fortunate in our town to have Peter and, and from day one um, analyzing the avalanche. And he, I worked with him for many years. And I, I love Peter. We're going to get him on. That That is such a great story. And here is why I, I'm not promoting violence with fans. But, Julie, did you see in the last 24 hours as we taped this, Isaiah Thomas, who spent last year in a Den- Denver Nugget uniform right. and, and is a really good guy. Isaiah Thomas went up to a fan semi in the stands. Fan was down low. I mean, he took a couple of steps into the stand. It didn't didn't do anything physical. Mm-hmm. But this fan had double middle fingered him and yelled F U B Yeah. Three times at him. Mm. Okay? Yeah. And so he he, he went to him and he confronted him. And the fan said, I just wanted a frosty. Because they were in Philadelphia, Isaiah Thomas now plays for Washington. And if you miss two, if if the opponent, I guess, misses two consecutive free throws, everybody in the crowd gets a frosty. It's some sort of promotion, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not okay. Fan behavior, just because you buy a ticket, does not give you license to be a jackass. It doesn't, because you would not go up. There's no moat there. I mean, this is not European soccer or South American soccer where there's a moat where, mm-hmm. you, where the fans can't literally get on the field because mm-hmm. at times be, it becomes so uncivil. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, we're not there in in our in North America in sports. But Julie, it's not okay. Just because you buy a ticket, you should not be able to verbally abuse somebody in that manner. And they did the right thing. He. The, uh, Isaiah Thomas pointed to security and they had that fan or, or a couple of fans removed from the game. If you wouldn't go up to somebody on the street and say that, sure as shit don't do it uh, just because you bought a ticket and you're sitting down close. Well, reportedly, and this is no shocker, the fans were drunk. But I think that just speaks to because just because they're drunk doesn't, again, doesn't give you the right. And that's pretty harsh to say F-U-B. Right. Right. Like that's that's a harsh thing to yell with both middle fingers, to yell at another person over a Frosty. Pretty, yeah. Uh, it's Again, I'd come back to the same statement. It's not okay. And I know we laugh now, the the one that, and, and, and it's humorous. We look back on it, heck, what is it, 40 years ago when, when Peter and Mike Milbury went in the stands. And mm-hmm. we saw, I remember, Julie, do you remember this one? I happened to be, I was on the road, and and I'm at the hotel, wherever the heck I was late at night, and I flick on, and there's an NBA game on. And it was Detroit, and it was when Meta World Peace. Oh. No, no, it wasn't Hastings. It was mm-hmm. when Ron Artest went in the crowd. It was Indi- wasn't it Indiana and whoever? I mean, it became a famous thing because mm-hmm. they, they threw beer on somebody. And, and every once that's like the fan's worst nightmare. So are you saying it's okay if somebody, if it's okay, is it ever okay, though, for an athlete to go into the stands to fight, fans. it's it's not it's not okay. I'm not promoting it, but what is not okay also, as I stated, uh, I think pretty 
fervently that it's not okay for the fans to do that. And I think it's then incumbent, Julie, to simplify this, on security in ballpark security in arenas to quickly identify who that fan is or fans and get them the hell out of there. There's no place for that. Has that ever happened in baseball? Can you ever remember? Oh, I'm sure there's been, you know, times. I mean, right off the top of my head, Uh I don't. Has anybody ever yelled at, does anybody ever yell at you in the booth? Can you hear us? Because I yell at you all the time. I know. And and (laughs) and I'm going to have your ass removed early next year. Right. Um, I don't. I don't recall. I mean, if it comes down to they're mailing at the announcers, really, <laughs> it's a really bad game. It's either a really <laughs> bad game or, man, we've offended people. No, I don't. I don't recall that. I do remember this much. You and I started to chat about this the other day at Old Mile High when I was covering the Broncos. At the end of the game, you all the you know quote unquote reporters or anchors would always do their live shot. Where they're hit, remember this truly in the in the end zone. It was mm-hmm. it was right in front of the Bronco where the Broncos go in, which is also in front of the South Stands. Oh yeah, and we all know that you know the, the South Stands can be a rough place. Yeah, to to watch a game, especially if you're not wearing orange. Well, those fans at that point in time, a lot of them, it didn't matter what happened in the game. They were so loaded, they were going to yell at anybody. So mm-hmm. you know there'd be cat calling and that sort of thing. When when I was doing at the Holiday Bowl in San Diego, I was doing a live shot. This is not like something got thrown at me, but two drunk girls, I was this was live, on either side came up and kissed me on the cheek as I'm doing a live shot. Really? You just got a really good look on your face. You're like, "Really?" Yeah. Were they cute? I don't know. I was so shocked. I was they, I was two girls came up and kissed you. Really? <laughs> You're like, "Let's talk about this more." Yeah. They were hammered on yeah. the cheek, on the cheek. Okay. Yeah, and I kept on going cuz I'm a pro. Cuz you are a pro. Yeah. And then I was like, what just it's happened? It's not like Morgana. Do you remember Morgana in the yes. 70s would run out of the stands and go kiss a baseball player or and whatever? no security, right? Because the guys kind of loved it. I mean, she had big, big, big... She, she was, um, yeah, she was well endowed. Yeah, but it was kind of funny then. That was probably the last time... Yeah, you couldn't do that now. You could never do that now. Could you imagine one of the most famous home runs ever, maybe the most famous, when... Henry Aaron hit number 715 off of Al Downing, and he's running mm-hmm. around the bases, and those two guys go running around the bases kind of with him and are trying right. to jump on him. Which that is could, such great video. It's great video, but that could never happen now. That would never happen now. No. Um, all right, so as we end the podcast, do you have any shopping to do? No. I got the last remnants done this afternoon. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah how about you? Uh, I have one gift card. That's all you got? That's all I got. Remember, I'm Jewish. Well, what's your point? The point is- nights of Hanukkah. I know, but that's a whole different thing. I haven't done Hanukkah in a long time. So so who do you, do you guys, do you guys get together for Christmas on Christmas day? Yeah. So you got your mom, your dad, your sister. And some friends. Some friends? Yeah. You have friends? That's a good time to end the podcast. Well, I thought we were doing a game. What happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You gonna follow the script one of these days? Yeah, it was on the other side. Okay, let's I'm do this. Excited thing. about the game. Okay, word association. Yeah, this is a good one. Uh huh. Broncos orange pants that they wore against the bike. The I Lions. saw. It, yeah, you know, Julie, I saw you tweeted out. You didn't. You men don't wear all orange. I actually, there, I wouldn't want to see that every week, but once a year, it's kind of like CSU does that too. Once a year, they come out in the pumpkin uniforms. I was okay with it. Uh, you didn't like it. It was a little bit too vibrant, but it worked. Okay. Um. 
best Christmas movie? I don't know. You'd probably have to go way back. Give me um, Elf. Pass. Okay, Elf is a good one. Okay. Um, McGregor Square. I'm excited about that. I'm really excited because, you know, I love the McGregor family, and I think it's a it's going to be awesome. I mean, do you know that they're going to have like kind of a music venue in the plaza area in between? You're going to have a you know a, a high end boutique hotel. You're going to have office space, condominiums. It just makes an already great like load, a museum too. A museum of yeah. Rocky's museum. Uh, people are going to file by it. I, I hope that. AT&T or whatever we're called, who knows, we keep changing names, but um, is, you know, maybe does programming there in and yeah. out of the ballpark. An already vibrant Lodo gets that much better when this thing gets completed basically a year from now. It'll I open. think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Deshaun Hamilton. Um, not much happened with Deshaun Hamilton. Has Except for La- against the Lions, he had a good, he had, he did. He had his he, best he, game. He, he did have his best game, but it's been an uneventful year prior to that. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Eggnog. I'm out. I've never had eggnog. You've never had I've eggnog. I've never had eggnog. Have you ever been offered and you just refused it? Yeah. Why? I don't. Know, it doesn't because the fat, the fat content. That too, and it doesn't look appealing to me. Oh God, it's so good. Is it good? It's I'm great. Take, this Christmas, I'm going to take a sip of eggnog for okay. you. But you got to spike it. It's not oh, good. Really? Normal. Yeah. Spring training. I had somebody, and, and this happens every off season. Uh, a few wonderful Rockies fans will, um, you know, hey man, you must be having withdrawals. You can't wait for spring training. I love spring training, Julie. I love Scottsdale in late February and March. You've been down there a bunch. I mean, the weather's ideal. Everybody's relaxed, unless you're battling to make the team. But it's such a wonderful time of year. I love spring training. I'll reiterate. But everything in due time, there needs to be time off. There needs to be the six months between the end of the season and the beginning of the season. You recharge your batteries. You rekindle that love affair you have for the game. So you're not ready. No, I'm not ready. It's December 23rd. I don't want spring training to be here tomorrow. I want spring training to be here when it gets here, and then it's appropriate. Okay. Uh, This podcast. This podcast... This particular one or just overall? The podcast, uh, overall. overall. Julie, to be able to spend quality time with you <laughs> once a week as opposed to in the past where it was once every few months or maybe just once a year when we weren't seeing each other as frequently, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been such a godsend in my life. <laughs> I don't know. I think we have enough time right now for me to eloquently and appropriately put this into words, how meaningful it is to be able to spend 40 great minutes with you every week. And I can see by the look on your face that my words are, you don't have to say it, but you want to reciprocate. I'm just saying you bought yourself another week of this podcast. (laughs) Happy holidays, Drew. We'll see you next week. Do you need to take a shower, by the way, after that? No, that was lovely. Yes. And I meant it. No, I mean, this is is fantastic. This is fantastic. Hey, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas. And our next one will be... Obviously, right before New Year's, so we'll do favorite things from the past year as yeah. well. Yeah, and looking forward Moments. to some good resolutions for the Rockies right. and for us. And if you want to, go to the DrewGoodmanPodcast.com and go to the contact page. If you want to email us your resolutions for the Rockies and yourself, we'll read them on the podcast next week. Yeah. What do you think? I, I like that idea. DrewGoodmanPodcast.com. See you next week.